What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman, how are you doing? I haven't said that in a long time. Are you doing okay? Man, I'm doing well. Um, now, uh, before we before we jump in here, let, let me say from the start that, that I must eat crow uh, because this time last week I predicted that your Astros would get swept in the wild card round of the playoffs, and as we speak, they are one win away tonight from sweeping the American League division series. Sorry, I had won. you on mute. I had you on mute. Can you say all of that again? <laughs> they've they've they, the Astros have won four games in a row. And I was wrong. And I'm still shocked by that, by the way, because as we, we, we've talked quite a bit on and off throughout the, the baseball season. And even though the Astros got in, they were not particularly good, right? In fact, they, they, they were the first uh, major league baseball team to make the playoffs with a losing record. And here they are on the verge of going to the ALCS. So Matt, how are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling great, but I'm not saying okay. anything else about it. No, I want your prediction. I want this, this is Wednesday. This I say I, w- I want your prediction so that when it goes live on when this goes live on Friday morning, you, you will be exposed as as a true or a false prophet. Not gonna do it. <laughs> it wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so here here's the cool thing, and I know our people probably hate us talking about baseball. I don't know, um, but. What what's crazy is they are in the same hotel, and these the the A's and the Astros right now are perhaps the two teams that hate each other the most. The Dodgers are there for obvious reasons, but yeah. ultimately not in our uh, you know division or anything, so it's not really an issue. But this we've we've met. There's some bad blood early this year. Uh, they happen to have a player on the team uh, that we like to call a rat, and uh, he was the one that. Uh, blew the whistle on the whole shebang. And uh, of course, you know, they, they laud him as this guy with great character, uh, but he was more than willing to take his world series ring in his world series bonus and not say anything until he was gone. But you know, what, who am I to say anything? Yeah. Roof for yeah. cheating. So uh, we are swinging and banging our way through the world series is what I'm hopeful, but uh, you know, it, it could be smoke and mirrors. It could be who we're playing. Uh, It could be the fact that Los Angeles is very dry and warm right now and balls that are routine fly pop-ups are somehow squeaking out, like on both sides. Like it's just really a home run derby and it's whoever hits the most. And uh, and so uh, MLB on Fox did something that absolutely trolled uh, pretty much every other team in baseball, but particularly the Dodgers. Uh, because that's the other irony of this whole thing is we're playing in Dodger Stadium, yes, and doing well. And I, I really was expecting to see a cardboard cutout of Joe Kelly behind the plate <laughs> doing his little, you know, raspberry deal. Uh, but they posted on the little Ben Scully sign outside of the field. This was Springer Stadium, and people lost their mind. It was yeah. one. So, um, so, Al, I have I, a, I have a. 
this is, I would say this has been a really interesting baseball season because you have, uh, we, there are at this point, eight teams left in it. Um, the, the games are being played at four neutral site stadiums, three of which are home stadiums for teams that are still in the playoffs. And none of them are playing in their home ballpark yeah. and, and none of them will, um, no, no team will play in their home ballpark the, the way out, but here's what I'm excited about. I think, so I, I think we talked about, I have a doppel ranger sitting in, in the outfield in Rangers, in the Rangers ballpark. I think those are going to be there throughout the world series. And so in some fashion, I am going to be there for the world series. Are they going to put them in between uh, the fans that will be there? So, yeah, I think, so I was reading like they, they, they're not going to have fans within like 20 feet of the field, 20 feet of any MLB player. So, so I think that, which is probably the only way I will ever be at a world series game is a cardboard cutout of myself. So I'm so excited. I hope the I get drilled in the face part. with a home run. The other fun part is that the A's and Astros are in the same hotel. And because of oh, that nice. bad blood, the MLB has essentially made that hotel two hotels. There are two entrances. There are two sets of elevators. There are two places that they eat and they never shall meet in the hotel. Uh, they, so now is that a COVID pr- like, that like is a, actually like a, a COVID precaution. I, I don't think it's the same because thing at the other stadiums. I think this happened after it became A's and the Astros. So because you don't want, they don't want a fight happening in the hotel. <laughs> no, fight, fight is a good wow. way to catch COVID, I guess. But Kyle, I have a question for you as we get started yeah. on something that people actually remotely care about. Uh, is what do the numbers 50, 22, 22, and 2 and 1 have in common? Um, were those numbers that you played in the New Mexico lottery yesterday? That was not true. I do not support <laughs> gambling. It is a tax on the poor. Those are the kind of wrongly rounded up and down numbers of the cooperative program allocation. Uh, so in the year of the Lord 2019, uh, we had a budget of $196.5 million, and it was dispersed. 50.41 to the IMB, 20.79 to the North American Mission Board. Basically, all of that goes to pay your salary. Uh, 22.16 goes to theological education. The only one we care about is our sponsors, the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And, uh, and then the Southern Baptist Historical Library and Archives gets 2.99%. Um, I don't know what that is. And then 1.65% goes to the ERL. So, so, so Matt, you, uh, you misspoke there. So the 22.16 covers the six seminaries and the historical library and archives. The 2.99 is to the SBC operating budget. So that would be like, I think, executive committee, those kind of things. Oh, well, so. I didn't see the end there. I'm looking <laughs> at two screens here. I'm having to look at your ugly face. Yes. That hat and uh, in these numbers off to the side. Uh, but yes, we are talking about the cooperative program emphasis on the word cooperative we cooperate yes, we, we work together we are a family we, we have linked we arms. are better together yes. yes that's hillary's uh campaign slogan i don't know if you <laughs> uh, so what are your thoughts Kyle? what what are your thoughts on kind of the shape of that and and why are you uh stoked about the cooperative program yeah i mean so right off the bat um we see that 50 percent right? 50% goes to the IMB. Uh, so from, for every dollar that you send in to the cooperative program, 50% of that, uh, that, that makes it onto the national level is 
does it? Yeah, well, okay. Every, yeah, so, so, okay. So, so from your church, so let's walk <laughs> through this journey. Okay, so you give to your church. So if you give a dollar to your church, okay? That's um, about all I can give. That is my time. <laughs> yeah, that is your time, $1. <laughs> um, that, that, that is sent to your state convention. And, and state conventions all over the board have different amounts um, that, they, that, that, that they keep for in-state ministries. And then they, they send um, others on to the, the rest of it on to the, um, to the SBC at large. So, so for instance, you'll have some state conventions that have a 50-50 split. Uh, you'll have some that have a 60-40 split. And then and currently here in New Mexico, we have a, a 71-29 split. So, so that means for, for every dollar that's sent on here in New Mexico, uh, 71 cents stays in state. 29 cents goes on. And then so of that 29 cents that of that of that portion that's forwarded on to the SBC from your state convention, then these are the allocations that the uh that the messengers to the Southern Baptist Convention approved uh for well in, in a normal year, the messengers to the Southern Baptist <laughs> Convention would approve. Yeah. Um 2020 is not a normal year. Um and so, but so every dollar that gets sent on to the SBC then CP. Uh, 50 percent of that is sent directly to uh, supporting international missions, and to me, that's exciting, right? I, I think that's and, and then and then another twenty two percent is sent to support North American missions, and so you know, right off the bat, I mean, you have almost almost three quarters that that is sent to uh, to missionaries to plant churches. Um, to share the gospel uh, from the United States to the ends of the earth. And guess what? I couldn't do. What? What? What could? Well, <laughs> I, I couldn't I of... do any of that on our own. Hmm. You know, our our church is small. We we have, I think, you know, roughly hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget. And uh, you know, with, with all of the percentages and so forth, you know, it's thirty percent you know, get, give or take with some of the different things that we have that are allocated. And, uh, and so a large chunk of that, of course, is to the cooperative program uh, that ultimately would be pennies on the dollar. And we would not be able to on our own support. Uh, we, I, I don't think looking at it, if we pulled all of that into just supporting one uh, pastor or one planter or one missionary, I don't think we could really do that um, on our budget if we took everything out of the cooperative program. Uh, similarly with First Alamogordo. Uh, but the two of us, along with all the other thousands of churches that we have in the Southern Baptist Convention that are big, small, everything in between, when we put all of that kind of stuff together, can then get behind and pray for and are the ones that are sending out these hundreds after hundreds after hundreds of missionaries that are going all across the globe, um, churches that are being planted all across North America and and then the disaster relief, which has been a great need this year. Um, also, the help that they've had for churches in this season. Um, you know, the seminaries. I'm a recipient of the cooperative program uh, scholarship. You know, when I was at Southwestern, or still am at, at Southwestern, and uh, so it it helps in so many different ways. Where the the amount of organization and cooperation we would have to do as like individual churches all on our own to try and make sure that all of the seminaries are funded and all of the missionaries are funded and all of that, it would be completely and totally 
impossible. And so that's what's such a beautiful thing about it is our small or normative sized church, your small normative sized church can link arms with the Preston Woods of the world, um, the first Dallases of the world, the Bellevues of the church, you know, all these big churches too. And we can all have a part in sending missionaries, in sending church planters, helping meet needs with disaster relief, helping with seminary, uh, the the ethics and, and religious liberty side, all of that. Uh, we can all have a part to play that we would not be able to do on our own. Yeah. And so, you know, to put that in perspective, um, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, even if you had an, even if you had an association that banded together, um, in the case of our association, we are, we're an association almost exclusively of small normative sized churches with, with a couple of exceptions. Um, but if, if we were to band together as an association and say, we wanted to support a, you know, we want to support a missionary, we would be very limited in, in what we could do. Um, but when you link arms with 46,000 SBC churches, um, for, for instance, right now, according to, well, as, as of the end of September, according to the IMB website, there are 3,565 total field personnel uh, in, uh, working for the IMB right now. And so that is 3,500 missionaries around the world um, engaging 1,209 people groups. Um, and who have encountered or who have, who have led 89,325 people to the Lord um, so far. So, so, I mean, that is, that's just incredible, right? That, that we get to be a part of that. And, and one of the things that, that I'm always cognizant to, um, to, to share with our folks is that as a part of the Southern Baptist family, when, when we participate in the cooperative program, we get to be a part of this. Right, we get to be a part of seeing almost ninety thousand people coming to the Lord, um, in in a way that I mean that's that, that's three times the population of Alamogordo to put that into perspective, right? And and we get to partner with other churches to see that happen, and uh, and that happens. The, the primary vehicle for that is the cooperative program. So so Matt, how do you encourage your people um, to give? How, how do you connect? a dollar that's put in the offering plate to the global mission of this. Yeah. So what, one of the ways are the different CP videos that we'll do, particularly around Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong, which we'll talk about briefly in a moment. Uh, but the other is just to, to regularly talk about it. You know, when, when maybe I've come back from a, a seminar um, at Southwestern, uh, for sure, when I come back from the SBC annual meetings, um, you know, when I come back from a seminar, I usually make a point just to thank the the church, our church, uh, for giving so generously, uh, because e- even though, you know, very small percentage ultimately of each one of their dollars goes to that fund, they are part of that. And so I think I thank them for making the ability for me to go seminary actually feasible. You know, lo- looking at just what that has covered and where I can see what the cooperative program has saved me, looking at our, you know, the tuition statements and so forth, there's not a chance that I would have been able to get a solid, uh, conservative, faithful degree from the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I might have been able to pull it off at, I won't do it. I'll be nice <laughs> today. Uh, but, uh, you know, but I, I'm able to go and, you know, and not break the bank. Um, and so us as a small church or whatever, I'm able to still go to school and pursue that uh, because of 
Yeah. And so that's a regular thing. When we come back from annual meetings, which I know we haven't had one of those in about 20 years, um, you know, as we deal with this COVID deal, um, you know, when, when we come back from those, I, I usually use the next couple of weeks just to kind of highlight some of the high points of that service. So in the announcements, I might talk about the different uh, IMB missionaries that we commissioned or uh, some of the, the resources that maybe Lifeway has coming out or NAM. Uh, what they are doing and, and the seminaries, some of the reports that they share. And, uh, and so it's just a regular, I don't beat them over the head with it. It's, I just want them to always know that as they are sending, uh, we're going to be good stewards of it. You know, our church is, and we're going to pray that our convention is going to be good stewards of it. Uh, we know that our executive committee is faithful to disperse those. And, and we know that each of those entity heads are following what God has led them to do and what, what we've ultimately commissioned them to to do as Southern Baptists. And so it's it's exciting for me to know that when I write a check to Mayhill Baptist Church, I'm reaching out here. Um, we also directly are helping missionaries too and, and a church plant and some of that kind of stuff. So I know that there's stuff happening here, but through that, I know that I'm also helping uh, students, I'm helping professors, I'm helping, uh, you know, the the missionaries, church planters. And so it, it feels just to me more meaningful because I know some of these people. I know church planners and I know some missionaries. And so I, I know that that dollar, that though it might seem minuscule when put together with all of our fellow Southern Baptists, is helping them be able to survive and not really just survive, but thrive wherever they are um, with the training that they need, the, the food that they need, all, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and if, so if you're looking for a tool to help connect your uh, people to to that mission to catch the vision of of what it means when they when they put a dollar in the offering plate. Um, if you go to sbc.net, scroll all the way down to the bottom under missions, you'll see a little link there called fifty that says fifty two Sundays, and that is a that highlights a missionary uh, of some variety every Sunday of the year, and it might be a North American missionary, it might be an international missionary. It might be someone who's been trained by one of our seminaries and is now serving somewhere around the globe. Um, but, but that's been a really good tool for us to connect to, uh, you know, to help our people understand when, when they place a dollar in the offering plate, where it goes and, and how, how they are directly facilitating missions around the world. And the second thing that is, NAM sends out a prayer calendar every year. And I have, I have mine sitting on my desk right here. I'm looking at a picture of D.A. Horton. Some of our listeners may be familiar with him. Um, and uh, Reach Fellowship in Long Beach, California. And so when I walk into my office in the morning, I, I'm face-to-face with a missionary. And it gives me a chance to pray for them. Because normally there's an email address there where you can actually email them and say, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you this week. It's, it's my joy. How can, I, how can I lift you before the throne? Um, and so it's really exciting to see this happen. And then you mentioned as well, we just saw the reports this last week for uh, last year's Annie Armstrong offering, as well as Lottie Moon. And there are some really, really exciting things that came out of that. So let's start with, with Lottie first. Oh, man, I had up Annie. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> so let, let me scroll down. Uh, Annie Armstrong, the IMB. So, so we need to remember and keep a few things in perspective is uh, some of this was largely affected by COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. Lottie Moon, of course, happened before, and so we praise the Lord uh, that in 2019 and 2020, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering uh, of 
million dollars, the second highest offering in history. And uh, that total exceeds by $4.5 million the 175-year-old organization's budgeted goal of $155 million. Uh, and then it also received $97.2 million from the SBC Cooperative Program, which is what we've been talking about today. And, uh, and so, I mean, just think about that. Near, nearly $260 million uh, between those two. And, uh, and, and God is doing amazing uh, stuff through them. And Chitwood... Paul Chitwood shares his thanks uh, that a growing Lottie offering means that more lost people, not fewer, will hear the gospel and be saved. A growing Lottie offering means that more hurting people, not fewer, will be helped and offered hope. A growing Lottie offering means more missionaries, not fewer, will go to the ends of the earth to carry the good news. Thank you, Southern Baptist, for growing the Lottie offering. And, uh, and then since I still had it up, the Annie, of course, I shared, you know, Easter fell this year right in the middle of. COVID-19, and we're still in it, and there's still churches that are not meeting, and yet for the third year in a row, the Southern Baptist broke the record for giving to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering to a tune of $49.3 million, and uh, and Kevin, your boss, Dr. Ezell, said this year, Annie giving was down, but I'm humbled and even more grateful for what was given. To me, it is the greatest Annie offering ever for Southern Baptists to have so sacrificially given during a time when most churches were not even meeting for worship is nothing short of a miracle. Yeah, yeah. and both, both these are incredible. You know, now, now Lottie Moon, the, the emphasis for that usually happens at Christmas. Um, and, and so for the SBC fiscal year, which runs October to September, that, that comes really early in the, in the SBC year. And so I know there are churches that will give to Lottie, in addition to their like kind of Christmas emphasis, they'll, they'll give throughout the year to, to Lottie. And so the fact that, um, you know, that Christmas came right before the pandemic hit, of course, is huge there. But, but the fact that that was such a big um, offering, even with COVID this year was, uh, man, what, what a blessing. And, and then, as we said, you know, the, obviously, um, Annie was affected by COVID. Because on Easter Sunday, I, I, I don't know of any churches around here that met um, on Easter Sunday. Excuse and, me. <laughs> well, okay. We met. We did not meet in person. That's what I mean. Like, okay. I don't know of any church that, that met physically Once gathered again, together in we their met sanctuary. In person, right. not in the sanctuary. Okay. There, right. There's right. where the clarification comes. Come on. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I know you, you did drive through. We, we were doing live streaming by that point. Um, drive through. And, drive in. Drive in. Yes, that's what I meant. And, uh, you know, we, we still, as a church, we met, actually, we exceeded our, our Annie goal. And I was just blown away by that because I had no idea what to expect. And uh, to see that other churches, you know, continue to give sacrificially is such an encouragement. Yeah. Um, it took a hit. We, we expected that it would. Um, but because we faced a, a word that's been overused, but unprecedented times for the past seven months yeah. or so. and. Uh, yet we see that God is continuing to be faithful and, and God's people are continuing, continuing to be faithful and, and giving sacrificially to see uh, churches planted, to see men and women saved. And, and the, the mission of God does not stop just because life is disrupted. Yeah. And, and that's been so, so exciting. We, we are New Mexican pastors, obviously. And, and I want to use this last little bit. Uh, just to encourage you as Southern Baptists that may be in 
Florida or the Carolinas or Oklahoma or wherever else or in New Mexico uh, that pray pray for us uh, here. We we have a population of just barely over two million people. Uh, yet we only have 322 churches. Uh, and that means we have one church for every 6,511 people. And uh, so if you feel called to plant, um, we believe, Kyle and I believe that God is calling you to New Mexico. Uh, and so we, 100%. And, uh, and, and we can connect you to Dennis uh, Garcia, who kind of works with NAM for Southern New Mexico, and Chad Spriggs. Both of these guys have been on the show before. Uh, that works for the Northern New Mexico, uh, because the cooperative program is important, but one of the ways that can grow and improve is as we grow and improve and get more people saved and, and more people in church and growing and being discipled. Uh, because la- last year we had cooperative program giving uh, by New Mexico churches to the tune of just under $3 million. Uh, and then what was kept here was $2.1 uh, million. And uh, the CP portion to, to NAM. Uh, was uh, $191,360, but uh, New Mexican churches banded together and brought in uh, $271,000, and so the total then, $463,000. And and what a great um, testimony of, of ultimately faith that we can work together, even in our state that is in need of help, of also still working and, and trying to plant churches here and across the country. And so if you are on the fence of maybe uh, moving or wanting to plant a church, uh, graduate from your seminary, or because all of them have online, you can move here and continue it here. And so come to New Mexico. We're pleading with you. Uh, Kyle, if, if uh, you do come here, Kyle will dance at your wedding uh, or sing at your <laughs> funeral, whichever comes first. And uh, so please come. New Mexico, but you can pray for us, and uh, because uh, we're in need of a great gospel advance here, and uh, and so uh, that's all I have to say about the cooperative program, other than it's awesome, and uh, is a little bit better than sliced bread. I was going to say it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, a little better. I okay with sliced bread, but I think the cooperative program does a little more. Yes, yeah, we are we are obviously huge huge fans, huge proponents of CP. And uh, so encourage your people to continue giving faithfully. You as a pastor model that for your people, um, even through a pandemic. Continue trusting that God is working uh, but because he is in, in big ways. Um, so thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to be with you. We look forward to seeing you next week where we'll have an update on whether or not the Astros have, uh, have advanced on to the next round and whether or not I have to eat pro again. But until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. And may your CP giving be strong. There you go. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless.
What's wrong with you people?